Hello and welcome to the County Line, discussions of party politics from the Washoe County Republican Party. Ken Peterson it is. Yep. Uh, it's nice to meet you, Ken Peterson. What do you do? I'm a senior financial planner currently. Oh. Uh, I've been doing that since 1986. Oh, wow. Uh, I used to run Fidelity's high net worth business west of the Mississippi, their high net worth group called Private Access. Uh-huh. And I had clients in 47 states. Uh, which included Hawaii and France. And for some reason, they would never let me go visit the clients in France. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or Hawaii, for that matter. <laughs> Not on their dime, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've, I'm, I'm fiending today because I'm messing around with this GameStop IPO. Uh, is that something, as a financial advisor, you would advise people to? Well, I would avoid that. Okay. <laughs> it's... It's stressful to say the least. Well, and when you're putting your fortunes on a single stock. It's true. You can lose a ton of money just as much as people can make you know, a ton of money. And that thing and, is really volatile. You know, if you looked at the dot-com boom and bust, mm-hmm. I know people who lost millions and millions, if not tens of millions of dollars. Wow. Because, they th- well, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Yeah. And I said, no, it's not. Yeah. And I, I can tell you all kinds of stories about people who lost fortunes because they wouldn't take chips off the table. And, oh, you know, and just bullish when it's time to back off. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just met a fella not too long ago who told me that. He said, I lost everything I had in the dot com boom. That was the first time. He said, I lost everything I had again. In a divorce. <laughs> that was a bummer. <laughs> well, I'm a hockey fan. Oh, okay. And, uh, so Bobby Hull has said often that his wife made him a millionaire before they got divorced. He was a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I you wonder what would what would what do we do to get in ourselves in a situation that we <laughs> that we find ourselves going from a multimillionaire to a millionaire? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think actually is another one I'll reference the Howard Stern one before we really get cooking here. He made a song that that the premise was, should I trade half my money for 10 times as much sex? And I thought that was a hilarious (laughs) song and premise. (laughs) Uh, So tell me what you're here to tell us about here on the county line today. Well, I was going to talk about the election. Oh, I'm all ears. And... Nationally, this should have been a layup election for the Republicans. Agreed. And they blew it. And part of it is they're wimps. Oh. And, you know, they, you, know you have to want to win. And mm. there were the first strategy that they missed and completely ignored is this question. And, and, I'll, and I'll add in here, there are all kinds of issues that Republicans support for the benefit of women that none of them brought up. Oh. So here's the first one. Uh-huh. And are you a homeowner? I am a homeowner. Well, let's call it my wife as a homeowner. <laughs> if she left, I'd be out there with uh, them. <laughs> so ask yourself this question. Are you willing to forfeit anywhere from 25 to 55% of the value of your house to the government in taxes instead of that, going, that money going to your kids and grandkids? Well, I mean, on the surface of that question... I, I'd have to know somebody who would answer that question wrong. <laughs> I would like to know somebody. No, I would never want that to happen. That's part of Joe Biden's tax plan. Oh, wow. And 
the problem is Republicans, A, didn't bring it up, mm. and B, don't know how to frame arguments in common sense ways where people like you and I would understand. Right. And that's the biggest issue because that's going to affect over 100 million homeowners uh-huh. across the United States. Obviously, here are some in Washoe County. Mm-hmm. And it also affects small business owners because how much of your small business do you want to forfeit to the government in taxes instead of that being continued as a legacy by your family or going to your kids and grandkids as an inheritance? Yeah. And that's kind of a nonpartisan question, really. It is. It's my favorite. Co- I mean, I'm, I'm really thankful to the party here locally uh, because I'm an independent. And, and they've let me come in here and kind of explore this with people who are going to give me real facts and numbers like this. And I appreciate that because it's very easy to get distracted in the social politics. Meanwhile, getting our pockets picked by the hundreds of millions. Try trillions. This is a This is a $30 trillion issue over the next 20 years. Wow. Wow. And, you know, 44,000 votes in key states would have swung the election the other way. Amazing. To put that in perspective, uh-huh. suppose you weigh 200 pounds. Oh, I like where this is going. If you lost an ounce, you would have swung the election. Wow. That's, that's how close this really was. So when you hear the mainstream media say, well, there was no widespread voter fraud, you didn't need widespread voter fraud. No, just a little bit will do. It's, it's little less than three-tenths or three-ten-thousandths of a percent yeah. is the difference. Yep. Wow. And so where it occurs becomes incredibly important if you're going down that road, which they did, uh, and it's for not. Well, and Time Magazine has all documented what they did, how they did, and who did it. Oh, wow. You know, so, but it, so there's, there's 100 million homeowners. You can't tell me that you couldn't have swung the votes of more than 44,000 of them when they looked at what the what negative effects. Yeah. You know, just in Sil- the average Silicon Valley homeowner, is going to forfeit over half a million dollars if they all died today. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my Atlanta. The number is like it hits you really hard when you hear it that way. Yep. I, and, and I mean, what are we in here now? We're, we may be at about four minutes into this thing when we've realized that somebody should have said that. Yeah. It's, it, it was, this should have been a layup election. Yeah. And, and, you know, people, you know, national politics have local impacts. And, and there's numerous examples of that, that the Republicans could have brought out to women. Mm-hmm. You know, the second issue they didn't bring up, have you read the income and poverty report put out by the Census Bureau for 2019, which came out, I think, in August? I have not read that. So <clears throat> here are some of the results. And this is what Republicans could have said. And didn't. Not a single one of them brought this up. Okay. First of all, median household income grew 6.8% over 2018 issues to $68,703. This was a 45% increase in growth more in a single year than the Obama-Biden administration produced in over eight, in their eight years of office. Wow. And... This was an even greater growth for black Americans, 7.9%, 7.1% for Hispanics. Wow. So minorities benefited significantly under policies of the Republican Party. It kind of almost suggests that when a one of us wins, all of us are winning scenario is happening. And that's what it is. Uh-huh. So the poverty rate plummeted 1.3% to a 60-year low 
Wow. That's a 60-year low of 10.5%. This is the largest reduction in poverty in 50 years. Wow. Did you hear any Republican talk about that? I didn't hear anyone talk about that. Not a single one. It lifted 4.1 million people out of poverty, and that's the largest decrease since 1966. And again, comparing it to Obama and Biden, they increased poverty by 787,000. And Ken, if I can here, I got to say, we can almost take Obama, Biden, Clinton out of the picture here because when you start going back to 1966, what you're seeing is a party that was changing fabric, not just changing policy from one president to the next. And I think that's what people sometimes miss in these things is that when you go from a Trump to a Biden, the policies are so vastly different that, uh, of course, you're going to have things affected Gas prices are affected, housing prices are affected, and so on. But when you're talking about these figures, my mind is shifting the way I see it because it's not just this recent pendulum swing we've been on. Now you're talking about covering 25% of American history. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And you know, and these were these are positive results. You know, black poverty fell by two percentage points, Hispanic by one point eight, Asians by two point eight. It's an all-time record low, according to the Council of Economic Advisors. Childhood poverty decreased to 14.4%. That's the lowest rate since 1973. Wow. And that's down from 18% during Obama-Biden. And again, 73. You know, what would be interesting is to see what the numbers look like from 73 until Obama-Biden, see what that number did, and then see where it went from there to there. Uh, I mean, these are... These are shocking to hear, and especially because you've boiled them down to the simplest statistic of it. And, and that's what it is. It's communication that it, this, that Republicans failed to engage in and failed to communicate to the public that could have swung the election and shown that there are real positives Certainly, the Republican I think, Party. You don't need to use Donald Trump's name. The re- entirety, he didn't do this all by himself. Correct. Yeah, this is a nationwide plan involving. And, and again, now you're getting into where it's, it's largely county level people that are going to make stuff like this happen. Yep. Because this is where your assessors exist and where, I mean, this is where it all happens. The, the, yes. You know, so national, what happens nationally affects you locally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and let's, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple more. Yeah, please. Uh, this is amazing. You mentioned also a couple. I, I do want to get into what you were talking about with where we missed women, because part of the thing is Republicans certainly have a responsibility to be getting this information out at election time. But even me as an independent, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm going, where where are these figures accessible to me? Just your average voter. Right, who's not a financial advisor and seeking out how to dig up these statistics? So, uh, please. I, I think you know. I think it's uh, you have to be able to connect the dots. Mm. And so, when a statistic comes out, how how does this affect everyday Americans, everyday residents of Washoe County, mm-hmm. everyday Nevadans, etc.? And you know, it's it's putting it in common sense, everyday terms that everyday people will understand. So. The fact that 94 women in Washoe County have been told by the Democratic Party they are not amongst the best and the brightest, that's just one issue. And that's wow. that's because that's their vote on allowing the spouses of HB1 visa holders uh-huh. to have jobs. That's 300,000 jobs that could go to American women. Wow. Oh, my God. And why? What is the purpose of restricting that? What do they, what do they even try to justify that with? 
well, it's the Democratic Party's globalist view that we need immigration, unlimited immigration of all sorts, because obviously Americans can't cut it. That's their message. Wow. Uh, But you're an independent, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. You probably want a safe home. No doubt. Right? Uh, Women want their children to be safe, their families to be safe. Yeah. So under the Obama-Biden administration... One in, when you go through your neighborhood today, we're taking a walk, whether it's walking your dog, taking your kids to school, whatever, count the number of houses. Mm. Every 12th house was the victim of an extra victim of crime due to the policies of the Obama-Biden administration. So uh, help me understand that. What is an extra victim of crime? Well, so we have sanctuary cities that were promulgated by the Democratic Party across the United States. Uh-huh. Washoe County, fortunately, is not one of those. But there was a 2011 DOJ report that came out that showed that illegal aliens, and these are the ones that were caught, mm-hmm. committed 3 million crimes. So there are 72 million single-family homes in the United States. So 3 in 72 is 1 in 24. But... We don't even catch less, you know, half the people who commit crime. Right. The greatest clearance rate in crime is homicide, and that's still less than half. Wow. So it's easy to say that, you know, just at half, cut that one in 24 to one in 12. Right. They were extra victims of crime. But here's another one. As you walk down, your, you know, further down your street or in your neighborhood, come to house number 23. Mm. Those people were able to defend themselves and not become victims of crime because they used their guns defensively. The Center for Disease Control Mm -hmm. has done several studies, both on the Clinton administration and the Biden-Obama administration. Mm -hmm. And they found that there are approximately 3 million defensive gun uses each year by citizens Uh that prevented them from becoming victims of crime. Unreal. That's a huge and number. That's, and that is 10 times the offensive gun uses that are reported in the United States. 10 times. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around these numbers. Uh, well, 300,000 offensive uses, 3 million defensive uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 1%, even 30,000, right? Yeah. And and three 3 million uses is 1% essentially of our entire population Correct. in the country. That's a, that's a huge number of people having to defend themselves in their homes mm-hmm. or with their with their firearm in with their firearm home. in the home. So, yeah. you know, in the home, but that is an in the home statistic. Yes. So we're not it. even talking about people that have to defend themselves out on the street from a, an assailant or things like this. There's probably some of those who, sure. you know, who are doing that. You know, I, I bet Lady Gaga's dog walker wished she'd had a gun oh. the other day. Yeah. Wow. Scary. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not kidding, pal. Uh, you know that's this is a very shocking number. It's taking me a moment to kind of process it. To be honest, three million people in their homes uh, having to defend themselves is such a big number. Uh, tell me, connect the dot for me of of where it connects with the policies. The Democratic Party wants to do everything they can to eliminate guns in the home. Mm. So you know, the universal background checks is supposed to be a quote-unquote, common sense issue. Mm-hmm. Background checks don't prevent crime. Yeah, true. They want you know to license guns. They want to ban assault rifles. Well, name anything in history that has been banned that hasn't shown up. Mm. You know, uh, 
the states aren't and the counties aren't getting the marijuana revenue that they had anticipated. Sure. Because the illicit marijuana is still cheaper to produce and sell. There is no barrier to entry to the market. So uh-huh. even if you banned you know, marijuana and this was supposedly going to drive them out of business, the actual results show something that's totally different. Wow. Yeah, so that's true. We're still going to have the guns, even if you ban them. Right. Law-abiding citizens are generally the ones who obey the law, and they'll be the ones who will be left defenseless. That's also true. The other thing is when it comes to a gun, the individual, you don't really know how they're going to respond until it's in their hand. A person's whole mentality can change if they're not controlled. So you could just as well background check everybody and somebody can swim right through a background check and even a mental health check and all these things you want to put in place. But the second that firearms in their hands and they're thinking about maybe the people that have hurt them or things like that, those types of numbers and things could shift, but it's such a small number the offensive stuff versus how often you have to use it to defend yourself from somebody who's just intending on committing a crime Mm -hmm. in a prior life i actually do have a law enforcement background okay uh you know like many kids growing up my original goal in life was to be a major league baseball player nice Uh, but in the early 70s your rookie league salary was 500 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like what uh, they paid me at my first job over at the club underground. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's, a, you know, for some kids that's their, that's their allowance. Oh, these wow, days, yeah, you that's know? so true. Uh, my and, daughters cost me more than that in their cell phone bills. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the treatment of prospects wasn't nearly what it is today. Yeah. They didn't even understand what rotator cuffs were. Yeah. I was a pitcher, by the way. Okay. You know, I used to throw 90 plus. I just didn't know where it was going. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> a little control would help us get out of the rookie league. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come back and get a real job, and I went to work for the city of Sunnyvale Public Safety Department, which is oh. both police and fire. So you work as both a policeman and a fireman at the same time. Oh, wow. And if you're assigned to patrol division, you carry your turnouts in the trunk of your car. So when there's a fire call... You just, you you're do there. Code three, pop the trunk, take off your gun belt and vest, put on your turnouts, presto wow. changer, you're now a fireman. Wow. On the hose, the ladder, whatever it takes. Uh, when men were men. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and yeah. it, saves the, it saves the city a ton of money. So. I can imagine, uh, yeah. And I think that that is a, a set of jobs you could you could ask a person to be able to handle. It's it's a little different. You know, they suggest a lot of things now when you start talking about changing the allocations to the police. It's a lot to ask a police officer to also be a social worker. A police officer to be a firefighter goes a little more hand in hand. Yeah, and I, you know, I did sex sex assault investigations. Uh, mm-hmm. I did background investigations. So you can turn a policeman into a fireman. Yeah, but you can't turn a fireman into a policeman. Oh. Firemen generally do not want to be assertive, and don't want to have to engage in the confrontational uh, encounters that. Police officers encounter every day. Sure, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want that either. I was, I was a, a door guy in a club. <laughs> I wasn't a bouncer. I was the guy that was there to just you know look after things. I don't yep. really know what my title was. <laughs> looking back on it, uh, and just that was enough to know I want nothing to do with what with what's going on in the real world. I can tell you that. Uh, so okay, so you went from that into into financial planning. Yeah, when you work in the firehouse, you only work ten days a month. Mm-hmm. So. It, 
you know, many firemen have second jobs. And so I became interested in financial planning. Uh-huh. So I went back to school for my MBA and also my certified financial planner designation. Wow. <clears throat> and then in 1990, I retired on a disability and Fidelity recruited me and here wow. I am today. <laughs> Look at that. And just to confirm, you did say life savings into GameStop. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's been a heck of an enlightening conversation. I can say that. Um, Tell me a little bit more about some of the things you brought here that that are just things we should have been talking about. And, And I say we now because I'm looking at this as like what you've presented to me so far is the thing that people should have been talking about during election time. Well. And, you know, let's take another local issue because we've all seen the public service announcements uh, on our local television stations about the opiates issue and uh-huh. the poor woman who tragically lost her daughter to an overdose. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the policies of the Obama-Biden administration and what they did mm-hmm. that helped fuel that tragic event here locally. Oh. Uh, in 2012, the Obama and Biden administration intentionally allowed Hezbollah, an Iranian-backed terrorist organization, mm-hmm. to deal drugs in the United States in conjunction with the Mexican cartels, which funnels a lot of fentanyl into our you know, yeah. cities, states, counties. And, you know, and that's right. very, very scary right. stuff. So there, And Politico uh, did an article on this. Uh, the project was called Project Cassandra that the DOJ was investigating, and the Obama-Biden administration put up roadblocks in pretty much forced them to drop the investigation because they wanted to have the Iranian nuclear deal. So the result is we lose about 157 people a year. Here locally. Not a year, a day. Oh, a day. Okay. Nationally. So obviously some here locally Uh uh, to fentanyl overdose. And that doesn't even count the the cocaine that they deal, Mm -hmm. uh, the methamphetamines that they deal. So again, a national I'm policy. Gonna, I'm going to point to the biggest tragedy of it here locally is looking at our high schools. Yep. Our high schools are infested with drug use, abuse, and trafficking. And it's translating to sex trafficking locally. It's, tra- it's translating to a lot of very heinous things in our schools. Yes, you have you know human trafficking, uh, and I can tell you a story about that that I was involved in. <laughs> <laughs> Not you personally, but no, I, but, no, I you know. know it, well, it, you know, it began with a, a case in Sunnyvale. Yeah. And it had to do with Chinese gangs oh, wow. in San Francisco uh-huh. who were importing Asian women into the port. The black gangs in Oakland and San Francisco were the muscle. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a very fascinating investigation. And the lead wow. detective on our end... Uh-huh had a uh, war, you know, hit put out on him by the Chinese gang. So he didn't have protection. Wow. He didn't dare go into Chinatown for over five years. Wow. Uh, it is, you know, again, national, local issue. Yeah, right, uh, right, right, right. Because the net, yeah, wow. Uh, again, you're saying some <laughs> things that just floor me. It's taking a minute to, to process through it. As a host, you have to really be quick on your toes with this because I don't even know how to respond to that. That's just so 
intense. It's so intense. It's like we know these things are happening in the world, but what you're, you're confronted face-to-face with policy that shapes situations that allow for these kinds of infestations to, to formulate. Yeah. And, and you know, wow. suppose so. Put it another way: suppose we had a plane crash that killed 157 people a day. Oh. How many days would it take before the United States population would demand that answers and something be done to curb this? Stop the crashes. Yeah, that's, that's what's true. occurring with this. You know, just with the fentanyl overdoses. Yeah, we're losing that a day. It's and, really unfortunate that at some level everyone just starts looking at what is the value of the dollars and cents versus the value of the lives. Yep. And they're just assuming that the money is worth more than the lives. Well, and in this particular case, they wanted to be able to, you know, at all costs come up with the uh, deal with Iran, which of course, then they've sent a billion dollars in cash to the leading sponsor of terrorism in the world. Uh, That made a lot of sense. That's a weird, (laughs) it is a weird decision. You know, again, these are issues that, Republicans could have put in common sense ways in communicating with women who are, you know, disaffected with the actions of Donald Trump. And, you know, he certainly is less than perfect. Well, look, I mean, this is that part of the moment where being an independent (laughs) affords me certain things that I can say that other people can't. (laughs) Donald Trump is a scumbag when it comes to personality. I mean, he presents himself in this way of he just doesn't give a rat's ass what anyone thinks or feels. And sometimes... Look, I've been in business long enough to know sometimes you got to come with the, the slam dunk. You know, I, yep. I use a different phrase usually, but uh, you got to come with the hard hitting hammer. Uh, but some things I saw a movie and I wish I could remember what movie it was. Uh, you'll probably know it and tell me and, and remind me of it because I'm sure that this is a famous man. I saw it when I was very young. It's an old black and white film. And it was a scene uh, with an Arabian king who was face-to-face with King Richard the Lionheart. And he says, let us allow King Richard to show us the sharpness of his blade. So King Richard has his guys come out and put their setup up, and he takes his blade out, and he just ran right through it and slices through whatever uh, it was that he was trying to slice through. And those Arabic princes... That's impressive, but I think you might have shown me the strength in your arm, not the sharpness in your blade. And he throws a little piece of silk up in the air, and he lets the silk fall onto his blade, and it just cuts straight through. (laughs) Now, I think that a guy like Trump has to learn the balance of sharpness of blade and strength in arm if he really wants to make what he's trying to do meaningful and thus make what everyone across the board nationally is trying to do or should be trying to do meaningful we have to really make a look a good community is founded on the strength of its women we have to make american women feel loved and respected and heard if we're going to survive as any kind of a country and if the republican party wants to survive as a party i think you're on to something with making sure the women understand we're not anti-women and women's rights no right? we're not we're not anti-women at all there are, you know, women want to keep their children and family safe. They want their children and families to thrive mm-hmm. and succeed. And they generally want to pass as much money that they've worked hard to earn and invest in their homes and other businesses and other endeavors, besides GameStop, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> to their kids and their grandkids so that they too can have a better life. That's a true. And, you know, these are things that Republicans stand for. 
can do, have done, that the Democratic Party doesn't stand for, will not do. Yeah. <clears throat> and not a single one of them spoke up and said a single word. It does seem like the extreme left, and I, I try to differentiate between extreme left and subtly balanced left, uh, it seems like the extreme left really just wants to keep people dependent on them. It, it, the more that you depend on our ideals and our way of thinking and, and just us as a government, uh, the more we get to keep everything. Yeah, they're, you know, they are going to, they want to win at all costs mm-hmm. and they will do it by any means necessary whether it's the use of Antifa as their muscle, which they have, you know, which began really in San Francisco Hmm. after Prop 8 was passed. Mm -hmm. You saw just hundreds upon hundreds of hate crimes, death threats, vandalism to essentially the Mormons who had uh, sent their donations in to support Prop 8. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there are more hate crimes committed in three months in San Francisco than against all of the Muslims uh, after 9-11 uh, up until the time Prop 8 passed. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> the whole thing starts to get me really going as a humanity because I just think that we need to keep ourselves a little more personal. Uh, it's fine if you have to, uh, to, to blurt out who you are in order to feel good about who you are, uh, and, and I don't, it doesn't make a difference to me what you're blurting out. Uh, but I feel like, it should be relevant to something that's going to enhance lives. If your conviction is not going to enhance the lives of others, then you should just enjoy it quietly and let it be what it is. I'm not suggesting that anyone should hide themselves. I'm just suggesting that maybe we don't have to be so in your, like, first of all, not everybody cares what you are or how you believe. So maybe you just chill out a little. (laughs) Well, Ken Peterson, it's been a pleasure uh, you know, we probably went longer than they want me to go. They keep telling, I try to get these to 20 minutes. I'm like, I'd like to. Well, you know, we can always do so another fun. one. So yeah, maybe we should. That's good stuff. Uh, it was great to have you on the county line today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you have a great day in the real world. To make contact with the Washoe County Republican Party or the county line, please call 775-827-1900 or visit www.washogop.org.